Hi, I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. This is an investigation and honoring of who we get to become in the process of embodying our dreams. If you're a rule breaker, paradigm shifter, and movement maker of today, then this leadership podcast is for you. It's time to finally take up more room on the page of your life. Welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast. Hello, sweet love. Welcome to my very first solo episode. I have always been, regardless of my career or job title, an investigator and a storyteller. And I want to investigate today this idea of breaking up to break through. And I want to tell you a story about how I found my voice. And there's a hint (laughs) how I broke my own heart in order to do that. Yeah. So if you've seen, my first TED talk, then, you know, I discuss a little bit about these different breakups that we all face in our lives in order to break through. But let's go a little bit more in depth because that was only 18 minutes. You and I got some time today. So let's talk about how I found my voice and how you can more deeply find yours. And yes, spoiler alert, it's very messy. (laughs) It's painful as fuck. And it's completely worth it because it is your one precious, beautiful life. So there I was. My head was ringing. My body was shaking. I felt like everything was sort of underwater. I just kept thinking to myself, how did I get here? How, how is this my life? And I I was grabbing my face, which just was throbbing. And I was hearing this muffled screaming. And I turned around and realized that my face had just met his fist. And I had ricocheted off the corner wall right by the front door. And I looked down and I was holding a shoe. I was holding a a heel. And I thought for a second about throwing that shoe at him and continuing to fight. And instead I dropped it and I ran barefoot outside the door. I almost tripped on this large box that was sitting right on the front doorstep. It was the wedding invitations. They were supposed to go out the very next day. I was 24 years old and I was engaged to my college sweetheart. But he loved bottles of vodka more than himself. And that left no room to truly love me. So my first major breakup was of the romantic kind. And a lot of us can relate to that, right? I mean, at this point, raise of hands. Oh shit. All of us raising our hands. Cool. We are human. We've been through a breakup and they're awful. They're terrible. (laughs) Can we just not sugarcoat that these are just not fun? They're not easy. But what is on the other side of them? 
when you look back, look at all the love, life, creation, joy that was just on the other side of being willing to have that breakup. And look how strong you are for it. Right? That's what breakups are. They're inevitable in our lives. We can face or we can force them, but either way, they're inevitable. So we might as well start to learn how to get better at them. So there I was, engaged to my college sweetheart in this house that we had bought. So here I was, almost five years into a relationship. We started dating when I was 19 years old. This was all I had ever known. And we had checked all the boxes. We graduated from college. We both had good jobs. We got the house. We're living together. We have a dog. It's just the right next step. It's the thing you're supposed to do. You get married. Even though the night that he proposed, he did everything I thought I would want. There were fireworks outside. It was a beautiful hotel room, rose petals, the whole nine yards. But when he proposed, I heard a no. I heard a no very clearly and I stuffed it down inside because it didn't fit into my plan. So I said, yes. Fast forward just a few months and I'm finding myself outside of this house running away from the only love I had really known. I have a very, let's just say, complicated and challenging relationship with my father. And to be honest, I didn't know that I deserved anything else. I didn't know that I didn't deserve to be put in a bathroom and screamed at and locked in there because I, quote, misbehaved. This was with my fiance. I didn't know it wasn't normal to have him pick out your clothes and tell you when you can hang out with your friends. I didn't know that I deserved more. Maybe you didn't either. Yeah, maybe you didn't either. And I had this choice the night my fate met his fist to finally run. Finally run. I learned in that moment that you cannot win battles with people who are at war with themselves. And the only person you should be afraid of losing is yourself. It took me 10 long, hard years of finally running back to myself and realizing that I would never have to run again because I will never abandon myself again. But it was painful. It was messy to go through that process. So so publicly too. I mean, by that point I had my own TV show. So like everybody knew I was getting married and I was just so mortified over the whole thing. The shame was real. The shame is, is a lot of what's kept me in on some of the situations that looking back, you know, the warning signs, the red flags were there. It was the first time I found my voice. It was the first time I said, I deserve more. I don't even know what that is, 
I don't know what that looks like, but I know I deserve more than this. Life's got to get better than this. And it took me breaking my own heart, breaking everything I thought I wanted in my life. Now, just a few uh, weeks before I left that relationship, uh, my ex-fiance came home from a trip with our dog. And he was in Alaska for uh, a project that he needed to do. So he comes home and he's covered in ticks. I beg him to take a shower, get all of the ticks off the dog outside before he comes in. But, you know, you can tell by now what kind of relationship we had. Uh, He jumped right into bed. And very soon I was covered in ticks. Now, I never got the big bullseye, but I was bitten a number of times and nothing really happened. So I thought for quite a while. So I didn't really give it much thought after that day. But just a few years after I had broken up with him, I woke up one morning with such excruciating pain. It felt like overnight. Although of course, as we know with chronic illness, it's seeps in little by little. My body was breaking up with me. The warning signs were there. So I wake up this one morning again, feels like it's overnight and I'm hunched in a tiny little ball and my hands are in fists My back is totally curled to the point that I can't look up. I'm just looking at my feet when I crawl out of bed. And hunched like that, I walk into my bathroom. I had to move each one of my fingers slowly open one at a time. And then push my stomach and hips like that right into the corner of the bathroom sink in order to stand up straight. My brain fog was so bad that when I would look at people, family members, even that I knew I couldn't remember their names. And if you know of the movie Memento, uh, I had to write everything down (laughs) because I couldn't remember anything. I mean, anything in real time, which is kind of a problem when you're a journalist and you kind of have to know facts on the fly and you have to go live every single day, you kind of need your brain to work. And it just wasn't. But by this point, I'm 27 years old. I am on the fast track. I'm going to be a network news anchor nationally by 30 years old. Come hell or high water, I will drag my body across the finish line if I have to. How many other type A overachievers listening to this episode right now going, okay, Hey, Kettle, meet Black. Yeah, guilty as charged, right? That you're just going to white knuckle your way to success no matter what. Doesn't matter. Even if your body is screaming for a break, saying this just isn't working, you're not in alignment. And for some of you, it might look like headaches, exhaustion, rashes, depression, just that low grade. Depression that you just can't seem to shake. How many of you know that feeling? Maybe it's why you 
left the career you were once in. Maybe it's why you are choosing to pivot now. Maybe it's something that's just dawned on you that this all could be related. I learned that you can lie to yourself, but your body will never lie to you ever. Through a number of years, countless doctor's appointments, there was no hope. They said there was no answer. They just told me that I had some sort of rare cancer they couldn't figure out constantly. When you have a chronic illness, it feels like you're looking down the wrong end of a telescope and everything starts to get really small and dark and hopeless. And you feel like your life has just been stolen from you. There was a moment I was sitting in this beautiful apartment of mine in Portland, Oregon. I had my own TV show again at this point, a different one. I had the Chanel purse and the chandelier in my closet, things that I had said I really wanted that meant I had, quote, made it. And for a girl who started in the industry making $17,000 a year, I had. I'd worked really hard to get there. And I couldn't believe that I was, it felt like 10 feet from goal and my body was collapsing on me. I was staring out my bay window, looking down on a rainy day, watching a group of young 20 year olds laughing really loudly from the street, walking to a bar on a Saturday night. And I was attached to a heating pad and an IV in horrific pain, horrific pain, thinking, this is it. This is my life. It's never going to change. No matter what we do, no matter what treatments, I'll stand on my left foot. I'll pray to whatever God you want. I'll just eat carrots if I have to, whatever it takes. But this was it. Nothing worked. I was going to live with this chronic pain the rest of my life. My body was screaming for me to take a break. My body was screaming to say, this is not your greatest and highest good anymore. Abs, you know that. I know that. You're not happy. You don't love this. These hours, these stories, this abuse, this trauma, no, you've got to leave, but I wouldn't listen. I feel like our bodies start with rocks, (laughs) pebbles, and then rocks and then boulders. And I don't know what comes after boulders, fucking meteor shower. That's what I felt like I was having a meteor shower. (laughs) So. I, I pushed through, I threw up in between commercial breaks. I told no one because I didn't want to miss out on my opportunity in life. I was so sure there was only one path and one way to make me happy. Eventually I got so sick that I had to quit and move home and live with my parents, which is very humbling to be 30 years old. When I was supposed to be living in New York, a network news anchor, 
And instead I'm living with my parents, no job, mounting health bills, (laughs) uh, feeling like a total and complete fucking loser. The first month I came home, no shit. I just slept every day, like 16, 17 hours a day. I was past exhaustion. Eventually, I started to be able to keep food down. Eventually, I found the right doctors. And eventually, I found out that I had Lyme disease and a host of other co-infections. My body wasn't my enemy. My body, your body, are our best friends. They will never lie to us as much as we try to lie to ourselves. So tuning back in and feeling safe in my body is something I'm never willing to abandon ever again. And that's an important piece as a leader. You are not a machine. You are not Amazon. (laughs) You are not a fulfilling station. You are a human being. You deserve rest. You deserve breaks before breakdowns. You deserve to listen holistically to what your body is saying before it screams. Balancing our nervous system, listening to when we need to receive and when we can give, treating our body with respect with the right food that it wants, At the right time, maybe if you're a woman in your cycle as well, like one of the biggest self-care gifts I've given myself is building my work schedule around my period schedule because I have PMDD. So the few days before my period, I'm not the greatest person to be around. Let's just call a spade a spade as you know, it's shark week. So that's not a really good time to be like trying to coach people and like being all up in everyone's emotions. Cause like I got too many of my own. And then the first two days of my period, I am exhausted. So I take those days off every single month. And then as you know, you and I, the way we work, give us two hours. We can do things that it takes other people two weeks to do. I get to build that now. Because I'm not a machine. I'm a human being. And my body has to come first. My body has to come first. The last breakdown that I faced was an industry breakdown. And really it was my whole identity at that time. As you know, I was a TV journalist. I'd won the awards. I'd done the things. I covered so many incredible stories in my life. But in the matter of one presidential election and 10,000 women, I found myself saying, me too. I realized that this TV industry had normalized trauma to such an extent and for so long that I thought it was just me having this experience and that it was somehow my fault. It wasn't. I wasn't the only one. So 
I was covering this news story about how city employees were suing because of this new thing called the Me Too movement. And they were saying, describing in detail the physical and emotional abuse that they had faced at the hand of men in their companies. And I came home to my apartment and I didn't even get to take my bra off or put my hair up in a messy bun. I just slunk down the end of the door right into my kitchen. And I started crying. Oprah ugly cry, as I call it, from my basement cells. Because I knew. I knew that the moment I uttered two really simple words, everything I had worked for, all that I thought I was, would be gone. Because it wasn't just the fact that all I had done in my adult life was be a journalist. And I genuinely felt like that's the only skill set I had. That was the only thing I could do. I had really seen myself, not just through the male gaze, but through the industry gaze. I genuinely thought I didn't matter if I wasn't on TV. Every day I was judged based on ratings and likes and views and shares. And who was I without all that? I had no fucking clue. No fucking clue. I was petrified to say those two words. So I cried and that's okay. I cried because I had also at that time created my own production company and self-funded the thing. And I was about 70 K in debt creating these shows. And I was like, no shit, like a week away from green lighting this show that was going to be a million dollar deal and everything would be fine. If I could just bury it down inside the way that when I heard my college sweetheart asked me to marry him and I heard no, but I said yes. There, down there, where we put our truths and we bury them with shame and shoulds and stories of why this is a good idea. A lot was on the line on that kitchen floor. Because I couldn't work in the industry again. If I said those two words, that was it. That was it. What am I going to do? What station's going to take me? What network's going to take me? Who's going to believe me? I can't. But all we have at the end of the day is ourselves, our integrity. Can we look at ourselves in the mirror and say our truth? Say we lived with our truth. We shared our truth. That's all we got. So there I was. Now you can see why I was Oprah ugly crying. Oh man, that was tough. I didn't know what was on the other side, but I think of the Anais Nin quote. And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud 
was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. So if you right now are in the shattering stage, if you right now are having your own version of an Oprah ugly cry on the kitchen floor, I know, I get it. That's part of why I created this podcast, because I don't want you to think that you're ever alone, ever, because you're not. And in that moment, the risk was worth it. The risk to remain tight in a bud was just more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And very unceremoniously, in my... (laughs) Target underwear on my kitchen floor, I said, Me too. Me too. And that was it. Everything that I knew to be me in my life, all the accomplishments, all the titles, all the views, all the ratings, all the TV shows, they went away. And I was left with, Who the fuck am I now (laughs) without all this? But I did. I gave myself the greatest gift, which was finding my voice. And it took me breaking my own heart to do it. I finally put down someone else's idea of success. I finally put down someone else's microphone. And I started speaking for me. Why is it so hard? For all of us, why do we take so long when we know it's time to break up, to break through? Why is it so hard? I think it's because we get attached to the pain, addicted even, that sometimes the pain feels safer than the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Sometimes the pain feels safer than the fear of the unknown. So we stay. So I ask you today to think about the times that you stayed too long. Maybe you're even in that space now. Maybe you're in a place where you've built something beautiful. You have a fantastic business or a great partnership or a project that in one time in your life, in one season of your life was absolutely perfectly in alignment, but your truth is screaming for something different now. And I'm going to ask you like, how long will it take? Will it be a rock? Will it be a boulder or will it be a fucking meteor shower? Right? What is it going to take? The other piece I found really interesting is that these breakups, all kinds, uh, vision, business, body, relationship, self breakups are inevitable. You and I are leaders. Because we constantly love a challenge. We're constantly going to be outgrowing ourselves 
and everything we've made around us. That's part of what makes us leaders. So we're going to be in constant breakups. We might as well start to get good at them. (laughs) And when I say good, it just means honoring them, being honest with them and saying, okay, I can face this right now head on, or I can force this, but either way it's going to happen. Because I realized that in that breakup I had with my ex-fiance, like the, the breakup was inevitable. It could have happened then, or it could have happened a few years later with two kids, but either way it was going to happen. And I found my voice in that moment because I was willing to face it instead of force it. Now in my body breakup, I not only forced it, man, I just like, I hung on to the back bumper and got dragged along. (laughs) I don't recommend that. But I was in this moment recently where I was working with a, a client, like within the last couple of years, I was working with this client and I knew that I shouldn't work with this person anymore. It just was not in my highest good. I had outgrown it. It was a great thing when it was a great thing. And now it wasn't great, right? I'm sure you can relate. And every time I would go to touch my keyboard and type for them, my hands were covered in eczema, covered, but, and they'd itch and they'd burn and it hurt. It like legit hurt me to do, to stay, to be in my body, not in alignment. And then when I would go to write for something for myself, gone instantly. And what's fascinating is when I finally was like, wow, this, I have no idea. This is my, my moneymaker. This is the, my biggest client. If I let go of this, like what is on the other side? I have no idea how I'm going to pay my bills, how this is going to work, but who do you choose yourself or the shoulds? What are you going to choose? So of course I chose myself. And not two weeks after I let go of that client, all the eczema went away. The panic attacks that I was just having, the nightmares, all of it just went away. And I'll also want to say this. It doesn't mean that just because you need to break up with whatever it is, including yourself, it doesn't make that person or older version of yourself bad or unworthy or wrong. It's just not right for right now. So that client, for instance, was an incredible person who remains an incredible person. Doesn't make that person bad. Doesn't make me bad. It was just time to move on. My body knew it. And your body knows it. Your body knows it today. Poet Ali Michelle says, imagine how many lives have been lived before you were born. And I think not about our ancestors, but how many versions of us, how many lives have we been living before we actually lived our life? How many lives 
have we been doing on default instead of by finally on design? How many lives were you speaking from a script, from what everyone said you should say or do or be or believe, love? When were you born? When did you start speaking from you? Because breakups are inevitable. They will come. They will continue to come for the rest of our life. So we can face them or we can force them. And breaking up so far is the only way I have found to break through. It's how I continue to reclaim my voice. It's how I find greater appreciation for it. It's how I have created deep trust. Because every opportunity I have where I can either face or force these breakups and I face them gives me greater confidence in my decision-making, which gives me greater trust in the actions I need to take next. To be honest, I wish I didn't have all these stories to share with you. I wish I didn't have to go through domestic violence. I wish that I didn't have a chronic illness. I wish that I didn't have to go through sexual assault and harassment. But I'll be damned if after all that, I don't use my voice. I'll be damned if I don't break up even with the old version of myself in order to speak from the woman that I'm becoming. That's my promise. That's what I want for you. So I'll ask, have you found your voice? And are you willing to break your own heart to break through? I love you. It's time for you to take up space on the page of your life. It's safe. You're ready. Let me help. Grab your phone real quick to join my weekly sacred storytelling society. These are journal prompts created by yours truly texted right to your phone for free every single week. All you got to do is just text the word story to 541 275 Again, that's the word story to 541 Two seven five nine two five zero. The number is also in the show notes below and linked on my Instagram. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.